Welcome to Here and Back Again. I'm David O'Callaghan and this is a podcast looking at all things releasing weekly on streaming and in cinemas. But not today. A few people have been asking me, how have we got to where we are these days with a place where you can't see the wood from the trees with the amount of content being dropped weekly. It's quite overwhelming. So in this bonus episode, I'm going to try and take a look at the emergence of streaming from those simpler times of minimum options to the current absolute madness. So let's begin. In recent times, uh, the sands of streaming wars, they've they've literally been shifting beneath our feet at a pace which has been quite unnerving. Uh, As a viewer, you're trying to keep up with what is released weekly, when, where it's appearing, what's coming next, and only the best Excel spreadsheets, murder walls and crystal balls can help with that. But how have we got here? This episode is literally a Peter and Jane answer to that question, and when I say Peter and Jane, I definitely mean it. Okay, let's move beyond the initial launches of all four, Four on Demand, in 2006, and the early Netflix streaming launch in the US in 2007, and instead move to 2012-2013, where Netflix, as we know it today, began expanding worldwide and was about to deliver two game-changing moments. House of Cards and Orange is the New Black were instant phenomenons worldwide. Uh, there were water cooler shows that everyone was talking about. Suddenly, Netflix was no longer about its movie and TV library content, which it had acquired from other studios, but now it had its own exclusive content that people wanted to see and only existed on their platform. Launched in 2013, these shows were the main reason Netflix subscriptions grew exponentially in those early years. And then as it developed new must-see shows over the years like The Crown and Stranger Things or Selling Sunset, and of course now movies, it became the only player in town. One year later, in 2014, Amazon launched Prime Video as part of its Amazon Prime package deal. Same day or next day delivery with an added TV streamer thrown in. It took a while for to get going as people failed to kind of understand what the hell was going on. It first felt like a bonus gimmick. Really, ultimately, people were paying for the next day delivery and same day. Um, and it was just an online experience. However, it did launch with Michael Connolly's Bosch series and Philip K. Dick's The Man in the High Castle literary adaptations, which both proved extremely popular and successful. Prime Video has gone from strength to strength over the years as people figured it out uh, with smash hits like The Marvelous Miss Maisel and The Boys. And likewise, they are hoping their most expensive TV show ever made, The Lord of the Rings prequel Rings of Power, which drops its first two episodes this Thursday, September the 2nd. They're hoping it'll draw many new subscribers, which ultimately, as we all know, is the name of the streaming game. Next up came YouTube, it's with its YouTube Originals channel, which launched in 2016. The breakout hit from this channel came in 2018 as the Craddy Kid sequel, Cobra Kai, absolutely smashed it out of the park. Uh, so much so that it moved to Netflix from season 3 in August 2020. Like Amazon, not normally regarded as a TV movie production company, Apple entered the fray with Apple TV Plus in 2019. And within its first year, it had its first global hit.
Ted Lasso, the story of a stranger in a strange land set in the world of British football, was universally acclaimed and adored immediately. Jason Sadakis became an instant star, even though he was a star already. Big tech company with big money to throw at content and A-list talent saw them launch with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell in The Morning Show and its highly underrated Ron D. Moore show for all mankind. He's the dude behind Battlestar Galactic Reboot. This is an alternative history of NASA where the Russians were actually first to land on the moon. It's an absolutely brilliant slow burn stuff and is highly, highly recommended by me. Actually, a lot of Apple TV Plus content is slow burn and quite high end, like Slow Horses, Pachinko and Severance, uh, as it does not have quantity of content, but boy oh boy, it has all the quality. All culminating this year by its beating Netflix to its first Best Picture Oscar with Coda. The lesser-known streamer Stars Play also entered the market in 2019 with such series as Outlander, Doctor Death and The Power Universe. But it still remains hidden away and not exactly the most popular one out there. So, in 2019, the streaming landscape is starting to take shape with Netflix dominating, Prime Video successful and finding its feet and Apple dabbling away and throwing money at the wall to see what sticks. And then a certain pandemic hit and everything changed. Suddenly we were all locked up indoors obsessing over Tiger Kings and whatnot and streaming content became the beast it is today. It was also helped by a big new player entering the market. Disney finally entered the market with Disney Plus in November 2019 in the US and March 2020 in Ireland, the UK and beyond. Starting by unleashing its Marvel, Disney and Star Wars back catalogue vaults, this was soon followed by original content such as The Mandalorian and WandaVision from all its various franchise brands, along with some direct-to-platform movie releases, of which poor Pixar suffered badly in this period, as all its releases skipped to cinema and went straight to the streamer. A worrying trend that hasn't gone away for some of the big studios. While Disney in the US has a separate adult content streaming platform called Hulu, worldwide this platform was incorporated into Disney Plus as Star. Bit of a nonsense name and you can kind of see them stepping away from it now and it's really just Disney Plus to us all now with plenty of adult content for everybody of a mature age. In May 2020, Warner launched its HBO Max streaming service in the US and due to the pandemic made the controversial decision of releasing its entire cinematic release schedule day and date on this platform along with cinemas. While not yet available in Ireland or UK due to existing contracts, most of their content is available on Sky Atlantic and Now TV. Not to be confused with HBO, this streamer was attempting to be the younger, hipper relative of HBO, which also included HBO content. However, we will have a little update on the state of HBO Max later because... Basically, it's all kicking off over at Warner's. 2021 saw Universal Peacock streaming platform launch largely with classic comedy libraries like The US Office, Parks and Rec and 30 Rock and the odd straight-to-platform movie. But again, nothing, too much, nothing much to write home about there. Finally, CBS All Access was transformed into Paramount Plus in November 2021 in the US and just had its European launch here in June 2022 with a library of both classic and original content from the universes of Star Trek, Yellowstone and also brought along new shows like Halo or The Making of the Godfather series, The Offering. 
It would be rude of me not to mention some streamers that cater for niche and genre markets and have their own hardcore followings. Uh, these include the horror and supernatural streamer Shudder, which has been growing since 2016. Crunchyroll, which is a hugely successful platform from Japanese uh, anime and drama since 2006 and is now owned by Sony. And Mubi, which is a global curated film streaming platform catering for those who love international films and has been around since 2007. I would love to say that that's us all caught up, but as I mentioned earlier, the sands of the streaming wars are always shifting before our eyes and it's getting a bit like the Hunger Games out there and not all those streamers are going to survive, with some possibly chewed up by others in the coming years. HBO Max in the US is currently experiencing a massive sea change as newly created Warner Brothers Discovery Group is looking to reduce costs and content within the streaming landscape and to combine its HBO Max and Discovery Plus streamers into one brand new renamed streamer within the next 12 months. The recent furore over Batgirl being dumped into a vault never to be seen by anybody is only the tip of this chaotic iceberg. Subscriber churn also has become the biggest enemy of those streamers in recent years as the number of platforms has increased but what is churn well churn is that kind of problem that streamers have where consumers are increasingly cancelling and restarting subscriptions and hopping between platforms from month to month depending on what is available because there's too many platforms and it costs too much so you sign up for a month you watch all your shows you get out of dodge and go to the next streamer that has the next good content in doing so avoiding paying the multiple streamers and reducing the cost of all living for everybody even the once mighty netflix is experiencing this with consumer numbers failing to reach expected levels for the first time ever while also it was actually passed out by newbie disney plus for worldwide subscribers for the first time uh, ever however sidebar disney plus is most likely to lose about 20 million of its subscribers after being outbid for streaming rights to the indian premier league cricket matches recently so at least netflix will regain its throne for a little while and finally advertising we thought we would never see it but here it comes ads on streamers are coming thick and fast as various platforms are starting to offer various tiers of payment which are filled with ads or without ads already happening in the u.s and even though Netflix swore blind it would never happen, they also have now announced uh, ads are coming in the next few years. An ad option, I suppose. So if you don't want ads on your streamers, you're going to have to pay a bit more money or churn even faster. And that is where we currently stand. I hope this brief history either intrigued you or kept you interested or at least was a soothing backdrop to you napping on the couch. I'm sure there are many things I have oversimplified or absolutely forgot, but at least you get the idea of how absolutely crazy this streaming content madness is. Some very interesting times ahead for us all. So, until next time, I hope this brief introduction to the streaming wars has whetted your appetite for our travels ahead as we embrace the madness of the weekly release schedule. This is David O'Callaghan. For the Here and Back Again podcast, wishing you all the best, and until Friday, stay safe and binge happy. Mm-hmm.